0: A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. First the Lord degraded the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the end he has glorified the seaward road, the land west of the Jordan, the district of the Gentiles. (coughs) Anguish has taken wing, dispelled is darkness, For there is no gloom, where but now there was distress. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Upon those who dwelt in the land of gloom, a light has shone. You have brought them abundant joy and great rejoicing. As they rejoice before you as at the harvest, as people make merry when dividing spoils. For the yoke that burdened them, the pole on their shoulder and the rod of their taskmaster has been has you have smashed as on the day of Midian The Word of the Lord Thanks be to God. Who do you trust? Who do you turn to when your grades are in the pit? When deaconitis has hit and you can't really do any work. Who do you turn to in your darkest moments? That's what Isaiah is asking us today. And it echoes still. He's speaking in a moment of utter darkness for the people of Israel. Zebulun and Naphtali have fallen. The people of Israel are scared. They're turning to foreign powers. They're turning to oracles and seers and witches to try and take control of their own fate. And here comes Isaiah with this ridiculous prophecy, this ridiculous request to trust the Lord. And not just to trust the Lord, but notice the tense of all of this. Anguish has taken wing. Dispelled is darkness. For there is no gloom, where but now there was distress. He's using a literary tool scattered all around Scripture, sometimes referred to as the prophetic perfect. Isaiah is so sure of the Lord's actions. He's so sure that salvation and light are coming, he talks as though they've already come. The Lord said it's going to happen, so it might as well have already happened, he says. But how hard is that to believe? Not just for them, but for us. In these current days when scandal seems the norm in the church at times, when hate and darkness and natural disasters seem to surround us, how can we trust in Isaiah's ridiculous little prophecy? But it is precisely in the midst of darkness, precisely when adverse circumstances are at their most, their most deadly, that Christ comes. Notice what he says, that Galilee, the seaward road, will be glorified. That's where Christ performs his ministry. They go to this place, this place so different from Jerusalem, and that's where God restores his kingdom, That's where he begins, in the midst of darkness, at our lowest point, from our deepest darkness, Christ comes forth. Compare this with Jerusalem, the home of the temple and the Pharisees, men so sure of their own light, of how to honor God, that they're blind, they're blind to the light of the Lord, blind to his coming in the land of the Gentiles. Many of us, myself most certainly, think we can bring light on our own terms like the pharisees we think that if we say the right thing create the right video or graphic or get the most retweets that we can turn it all around that we can do great things and so we deify our own human efforts now this is not to say that we should be cynically pessimistic either we have free will we can choose to keep walking in this darkness in the midst of all of this, trusting in a God who has always remained faithful. And he remains faithful not because of anything we've done, but because of who he is. When every human effort to bring light has failed, when our trudging as a people and as a church seems like it can't go on, when our earthly hopes and political parties and ideologies are at last shattered. We will be left not in darkness, but in the only light that there ever was and ever will be. A light that is not our own, but one that has been given to us all the same. A light that heals. A light that breaks the oppression of sin and renders us at last truly free. The light that is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. There is no other. You and I have the option to stand in his presence in the light of the cross and the crucifixion, and it's going to be uncomfortable. It is not easy standing in that light. It reveals our flaws, our shame, our cowardness, our weakness, our human frailty. These flaws, these vices and sins, they speak to us, and they tell us that the light will burn us that the shade and darkness our sins bring is a good thing, that it protects us. But the light of the crucifixion, which shines through time and history forever and always, is a very curious thing. If we choose Christ, it doesn't burn us or scald us with its heat. It transfigures us. If we choose Christ, our wounds, our shame, become marks of honor and channels of grace. Our past becomes the story of our way to God and his way to us. Our shame is transfigured into glory. And finally, our dark secrets meet not hateful eyes of judgment, but the merciful eyes of divine love both in Jesus Christ himself and in ourselves and in our communities, because we are church. We are a people walking in darkness, and we have seen and felt a great light, a great love, Jesus Christ.